Hey gang, Tom Mullen here. Do you have a child who spends more time than you'd like in front of screens consuming low quality content? Well, you can turn that screen time into something fun and worthwhile. I'm talking about mini coders, an educational game-based platform including companion apps made for kids with video tutorials, virtual assistant, and games where kids learn coding skills while they play in the Roblox metaverse, all under the safety and guidance of a virtual assistant and in-game tutors. Minicoders is perfect for homeschooled, unschooled, or traditionally schooled children alike and helps them build 21st century skills and have a ball doing so. Right now, you can try out Minicoders with no obligation by registering for a free trial at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Minicoders. That's M-I-N-I-C-O-D-E-R-S. Again, just visit TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Minicoders and start your free trial today. Every revolution starts in the minds of the people. Arm yourself for the war of ideas. Take back your life. Take back your liberty. Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Today, I'm speaking with Robbie De Niro, who's making his second appearance on the program. Robbie is a veteran of the U.S. Marine Corps and a small business owner. He owns a gym and offers fitness and lifestyle coaching. And he's just the type of person who had a bullseye on his back during the COVID-19 lockdowns last year. But Robbie De Niro isn't the type to take these things lying down. So he actually organized dozens of business owners to resist the measures. And he went into court, fought the state and won. Since then, he's been fighting insanity in the school system. Robbie, welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thanks a lot for having me here. I am so grateful to have patriots like you that give other people that love freedom a voice. I appreciate what you're doing. Well, yeah, like I've said a million times, all we do here on the show is talk freedom. We talk to people like you who are actually doing something about it. And listen, Robbie, I knew you were a guy of many talents, but I still was surprised you managed to pull this off. Before we get to what happened in court last night, how in the world did you get arrested for violating a mask mandate while wearing a mask? I'm that good. I am. I am that effective. I, it's, it's funny. Um I joke about that, but they have definitely showed their hand and they do not have a winning hand. So I was banned from the school property because I am a threat to them as far as their ideology. I'm not a physical threat to them. I don't have a violent, I don't have a desire to do any violent things ever to anybody in, at the school, in the school system. So I'm a, I am an ideological threat to them and I am a threat to their business as usual absentee leadership and the fact that they refuse to advocate for our children and they're letting our children suffer in those masks. And because I'm a threat to them, they banned me from the school and they banned me from the school by claiming that I was making physical threats. Now, if I was making physical threats, I would have been arrested, but I'm not, I wasn't arrested. There was nothing there. There was nothing there. So they, the, the superintendent, Dave Lillick, wrote a letter banning me from school property. And we, my lawyer answered him saying, you can't do that because there had, it's a public government building. There has to be a process to keep somebody from being in that building. And the process certainly isn't Dave Lillick saying, hey, you can come in and you can't because I don't like what you're saying. 
So we wrote to their lawyers. Their lawyers responded saying, you're right. Robbie can come on school ground so long as he follows the mandates. So I showed up for a school board meeting with a mask on, following the mandate. I walked in and they placed me under arrest. They said I was arrested for trespassing. And the best part was I had 20 or so people come in with me and they all went into the meeting with their masks off and they weren't asked to leave. Okay. If they had already admitted the trespassing was not valid, then why were you arrested for it? Well, no, that's what they arrested me for. They arrested me for trespassing. Uh, I was charged with criminal trespass third degree. So, and that's the beauty of our court system. We have an adversarial system so they can say I was trespassing and it's up to them to prove it. And I have an amazing attorney who is going to absolutely maintain my innocence and the school, the school district is going to get crushed in court. And I'll give you an example of, of why I know they're going to get crushed in court. Last night we had the arraignment. So I show up at the arraignment and the school, I was going to have to sue the school in order to get back into school. Like I've got four kids in school. I've got two that go to the high school. I've got two kids in elementary school. My kids wrestle. So I have to have access to the middle school. So I was going to have to sue in order to be able to drop my kids off and pick them up from school and sports. The judge used that opportunity of that, that request for restraining order to get me back on the schools. So he granted not a restraining order, an uh, uh, order of protection. So the school needed, wanted an order of protection against me. And that order of protection was modified to get me back in the school. So the judge last night gave me a piece of paper that allows me to drop my kids back and forth to school, even though. I requested that same thing from Dave Lillick four, on four separate occasions and all four separate occasions. He said, absolutely not. And the last time he answered me, he said, I won't let you back on the school until the end of the year. Well, I just got myself back on the school. While the, while the school is trying to get an order of protection against me, they actually got me back onto the school. So they just <laughs> saved me the thousands of dollars it would have cost me to sue the school. They just got me there. That's, that's how inept our school district is. So for everybody who wasn't around, we've got a much bigger audience now than we had when, on your first appearance, which was episode two of the show. What exactly are you trying to do at the school board meetings right now? Your question is, what am I trying to do at the school board meetings? I want our administrators, the superintendent, the, the board of education. I want them, the school board, I want them to advocate for our children the fact that they refuse to allow parents to decide what's best for their kids is wrong. We don't co-parent with the government. The government is not interested in our health. The government is not interested in anything good for us. The government is very self-interested. They don't care about the individual. So I'm asking for the, the school board and, and Dave Lillick, the superintendent, to allow parents to raise their kids without interference from the state. If a parent wants to get their kid vaccinated, they should be able to get their kid vaccinated. If a parent wants their child to wear a mask, I fully support the ability for those kids to wear masks. That's what I'm fighting for. I'm fighting for people to be able to vaccinate their kids and wear masks if they want, because that's an important part of freedom. Similarly, I'm fighting for parents that don't want to vaccinate their kids and don't want their kids in masks. So I'm fighting for literally every single person in that school so that they can live their life the way we were intended under the freedoms that were endowed upon us by our creator. Yeah, one of the slogans on the Tom Mullen Talks Freedom Show, and you touch on it here, is that every communist since Plato has wanted the state to get the kids away from the parents and have them raised by the state to be obedient servants of the state 
rather than the other way around. So you make a great point there seeing through all this. You know, if we let them, they will take over every aspect of our children's lives. So definitely great to hear that. What, what is what is the situation right now in Western New York schools? Now, I should say I'm in Niagara County. So things are even a lot different here than they are right down in Erie County. And you're probably 15, 20 minutes away from me. What's going on in the schools? Do they have to wear a mask? Do they have to be vaccinated as of this minute? Well, kudos to Niagara County. You've got some bold, freedom-loving lawmakers there that are done with the mask, done with the not mandates. They've awoken. They, they, they realize, they finally realize that this is a joke. This is a scam. And this is simply put in place to control people and to earn a certain group of people a lot of money. It's not about safety. It's not about health. We know that. Right now in Erie County, masks are required for all kids. It, masks are required for anybody in the building. If you're in the building, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. Part of my heartburn is those teachers aren't wearing masks all the time. You've got a couple different types of teachers. You've got about a third of the teachers. They're absolutely COVID crazy. They live in fear. They're terrified of, of catching the Wuhan. And they think that the kids are responsible for their health and safety. They're very selfish humans and they shouldn't be teachers. It's pathetic. They've got another third of the teachers. They're like diehard patriotic Americans that love choice. And they, if a kid wants to wear a mask, they ensure that the kid has an opportunity to wear a mask and they ensure the kids that don't want to wear a mask. They cut them a little slack to let the kid do what he wants with that mask. And then you've got that middle third of teachers that's kind of meek, not sure what to do. They're fearful of losing their job. And they try to let the rules slide a little bit and, and, but they're also very, as soon as somebody says, hey, your kids aren't wearing masks, kids, they crack the whip, put the masks on, or they give rewards for kids that are obedient. So that's the current situation. Right now, vaccinations aren't required. And I think there was going to be a strong push for vaccination, but the narrative is falling apart. As you know, 50% of the hospitalizations are vaccinated, fully vaccinated or boosted people. Approximately 50% of those that are on uh, airway health breathing are vaccinated. 50% of the ICU are vaccinated. So the, they've really lost their ability to say we must require vaccinations to keep everybody safe because it's just not it's just not working it's great that you brought up to the hospitalizations because here's another little factoid i'm on alex berenson's Substack, and just to clear the air i don't think that there's a lot of things i probably don't agree with alex berenson on as far as politics goes but this guy is a very honest person and he's like a bulldog for the truth of all those hospitalizations when you say well 50 percent are unvaccinated 50 percent are vaccinated if you've got the first shot and you get COVID or get very sick after that, haven't got the second shot yet, you're counted as unvaccinated. If you got the second shot and it's been 10 days since right. you got the second shot and you go into the hospital, you're also unvaccinated. And the latest news that he's brought or the latest data is that there seems to be a surge in hospitalizations after that first shot. So that's in the mix. Yeah, these vaccinations which I'm sure helps some people, or they're kind of a disaster, it certainly shouldn't be mandated. That's for sure. I am not anti-vaccination. I love the fact that we have such an incredible healthcare system that we were able to produce a vaccination that quickly and afford it to people that wanted it, the people that felt they needed it, the people they thought it was in their best interest. That is America, man. I love that. What I'm not interested in is being told by some corporate lackey, some political loser, that's on somebody else's payroll, what I need to do. I didn't fight them. I didn't fight for this country for 14 years to be told what to do by somebody. It's a political lackey. So 
I'm happy that there are vaccinations out there. I just, I'm not going to, I'm not interested in being forced to get one or the government to tell me how to take care of my kids because the government can't even take care of it. The government can't do anything right. I know for a fact, I work for the government. They can't do anything right. Yeah. The last thing they need to do is parent my kids. Yeah. I wasn't in the military, but my father was, and even he was a Korean war veteran. So going way back and basically near the end of his life, he said, yeah, to words to the effect of it's another government program. It's just another <laughs> boondoggle. And then there's lots of great individuals out there doing their best, but the system is. Yes. So there, the government is made up of wonderful people that are used poorly. If anybody doubts the ineffectiveness of the government, look at UPS. UPS and FedEx make billions. I think UPS made $8 billion last year, like $8 billion, just massive, massive profits for UPS. The government doing the same thing lost $800 million, something like that. Like there's a deficit. They can't, UPS can make a profit delivering packages. Somehow the government can't. They're horrible at everything. Yeah. I always say, cause I'm, I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I'd get rid of the whole government completely and privatize it if I could wave a magic wand. But I've often said what we should do is get rid of everything the government does except for the post office. Leave that in place to remind us that if we give it anything else to do, this is how it's going to turn out. Right. Um, right. So I want to get back to something else you said there about the teachers, about those the thirds. Okay. So the third that wants to buck this, that's people that are on our side, basically. And then there's the third that are living in fear and we're not going to convince them. Right. And I'm okay with them living in fear. Like I, I protect their, I believe in their right to live as cowards. I'm all for it. Like live, live in fear. I have no problem with that. But those people in the middle, I think that there's, there's a, a pervasive idea amongst people, especially small business owners that are like, look, I don't believe any of this. I think this is nonsense, but I'm just going to put my head down go along to get along and wait till this is over. What's wrong with that attitude? It will be too late when the fight comes to their doorstep. Like this may not be affecting them personally, other than the inconvenience of having to wear like a mask below their chin just to get by. Like you said, get along to get by or do what you have to do to get by. But then when the fight comes to their doorstep about something that they care about, it's too late. Like you have to fight for all freedoms. If you believe in freedom, you can't pick and choose those battles. And the, the more they turn the other cheek and the more they just say, okay, I'll give up a little bit more freedom to get my freedom back. They'll never get their freedom back. Show me any government that has ever returned freedom once taken away. It never happens. Now it never, a government never self-imposes restrictions. It, they, a government either gets overthrown or they just keep taking and taking and taking. Yeah. And I've heard it said, you can't comply your way freedom out of this. Of course, and I should say, okay, you're a small business owner. You're one example. I'm a small business owner, but I'm kind of like, it's easy for me to say you've got to resist this because I don't have to enforce mask mandates or vaccine mandates or whatever else and other nonsense that come with it because I work from home and my business has a different nature. So yeah, it's not fair that small business uh, owners are put in the middle here and made to be the bad guys, but Life isn't fair. And if they don't resist this, I, I wrote something in, in late 2020 when everyone was making those jokes, like kind of anthropomorphizing 2020 as if it was this evil thing. I said, look at every year is going to be 2020. If we don't resist this, here we are in 2022. What do business owners have to do at this point? The government didn't put them in a bad position. The government can't force them to do anything. 
they are putting themselves in a bad position by choosing to comply. I'll, I'll talk to my, like my fellow gym owners. Every single fellow gym owner that is requiring masks or letting having people come in and wear, say we require masks, but let them wear it below their chin or maintain social distancing and maintain this semblance of compliance because they don't really, the gym owners that don't really believe in this stuff, but they're just, they don't want to be bothered. They don't want to get messed with by the health department. They're scared of their few psychotic clients that are like COVID crazy. They're going to drop a dime on them and say, Hey, Joe Blow, who's running this gym, isn't making people wear their masks. So they, so they comply because they just want to get by. Shame on them. It's, they are the problem. They have no balls. They have no balls and they are, they are the problem. They need to just, listen, if, if, if you don't believe in this stuff, don't comply. For my gym owners that do believe in it, hey, Roger, if you believe in the masking and you demand 100% compliance and vaccination, I get, I respect that. People will vote with their wallet. People that want that level of safety will go to their gym and hopefully they thrive. But it's the people in the middle that don't really want to deal with these mandates, but aren't doing anything about it. They are the problem because they are allowing the government to instill fear in others. I have been doing this now for two years. I have been refusing to comply. I am not obedient. I refuse to comply. I refuse to, to do masks, to do six feet of distancing. I refuse all of that. I have not paid the state a dime. They Remember, they dropped all the charges against me because they knew it wasn't winnable. There's no enforcement component. Let one of them find. They tried fine. They find me $40,000 or something like that. I haven't paid a dime. Let them try to find you. Let them try to collect it. It's not going to happen. We need business owners to stand up and tell the government, no, I'm not doing this. Let's take a short break for this important message. Friends, I've seen a lot of political movements come and go over the 14 years I've been writing about politics. The right went from being dominated by the interventionist neoconservatives to the anti-deficit Tea Party and now to the economic nationalism of the MAGA movement. The left went from Obama's hope and change, whatever that meant, to Occupy Wall Street, to Bernie Sanders, the squad, and democratic socialism. Through it all, the one institution that causes most problems with the American economy has escaped serious criticism. My new book, It's the Fed, Stupid!, is an appeal to Americans across the political spectrum to stop supporting politicians and policies that don't make a difference and focus on the one institution that causes most of the problems they worry about, the Federal Reserve System. Download a free copy of my new ebook, It's the Fed Stupid, at itsthefedstupid.com. And now, back to our episode. Then you quietly save the day. You were right, Mr. Spock, about everything you said. We humans just are logical. You crazy in the head. Just for everybody outside Western New York who might be new and doesn't know what Robbie's referring to, he didn't just disobey the mask mandates. He actually disobeyed the lockdowns. He just said, I'm not closing. And he got a whole bunch of business owners together, refused to close his business. And just like many small business owners are afraid of. They sent the guy, the, the the thugs to his door. He went into court, challenged the lockdowns and won. And of course, yeah, the other side of it is, and I hear this from so many business owners, it's like, yeah, maybe you win some kind of you know constitutional battle, but you still have these agencies that can just throw fines at you. And that's what they did to you. 
You're saying you haven't paid them. What's the status right now? They're just out there unpaid and no one's trying to collect? The $15,000 fine that I was fined by the Erie County Health Department, I just, I'm not paying it. I tore it up uh, year, over a year ago and that's it. They're not collecting. They won't collect it. I won't. If, if in two weeks they like send me another letter saying you owe $15,000, there'll be my answer. Come get it. Come for the, and the $40,000 in fines they racked up from, t- you know, from not lack of social distancing and not wearing a mask and all that stuff. The state dropped those charges because they knew it's not winnable. And what they didn't want to have happen was for me to challenge them in court, which is what I was doing, and then beat them and then set a precedent showing everybody you can beat this stuff. Like they can't enforce it. It's not enforceable. So they just dropped everything. But I made them put in the agreement. I made that. I changed. I four times drove my lawyer nuts. Four times I made him rewrite that agreement. I made the state tell the state to rewrite it, that it had to say the state is choosing to withdraw charges. So the state came to me and, within, and chose to withdraw those fines because it's not winnable. Yeah, that's just encouraging. I know that people listening out there that own a little business, and I have so many small business owner friends, I think just about all my friends actually, and that's what they're saying. And, and I guess I, I know I've made this point before, but I can't make it enough. It's not a choice between complying and waiting till this is over or defying the government and risking ending up in court and fined or whatever. It's because you're not going to comply until it's over. So it's this nightmare never ends. And, and it's going to put you out of business sooner or later. These conditions are not good for it's hard enough to run a restaurant or a bar. They run on very thin margins. I'm sure gyms are also on, on uh, thin margins to make a, a business work. If this is allowed to persist, you're going to be out of business anyway, right? Yeah, that you're you you've summed that up correct. You either go out of business fighting, you know, so what do you want to do? You want to live on your knees and then die, or do you want to die on your feet? I'd much rather die fighting on my feet. But the fact is, we're not going to die on our feet. We're fighting and we're winning. Right now, the Erie County Health Department is threatening individuals. So when they go into Walmart, like Walmart doesn't really is not able to enforce masks, right? So people are walking around without masks. So the county is like threatening people that they're gonna they're gonna find the individual now. So now these Safety sanitarians walk around from the health department are supposed to be issuing $1,000 fines to individuals that are walking around in stores without a mask. Take the fine. Let Erie County Health Department collect. They can't. There's no collections. There's no enforcement means. There's no collection means. There's no legislation that legislates the collections. There's no means to collect the money. You don't have to pay. Don't complain. Yeah. And one of the things that's another thing that people should understand, and this exists between the federal government and the states. It Now we can see it exists between the state government and the counties. They depend on the counties to enforce all this. Robbie, for everyone who doesn't know Western New York that well, he lives in Erie County, which is a heavily democratic county, contains the city of Buffalo. The other seven counties in Western New York around Erie County are all very heavily Republican. And the people running them all made statements when Governor Hokum there, oh, I'm sorry, did I mispronounce her name? When she reinstituted another mask mandate, they just came out with statements saying, we're not going to enforce this. And if they don't enforce it, she can't do a thing about it. Right. And she said so. She said, I'm not, the state can't enforce this. We're relying on the individuals and small business owners to enforce it. What are you talking about, lady? We're not enforcing anything. We're not doing this. And what's even more evil about the state, the state is so evil. They don't care about us. They don't have our best interest at heart. Last year, I sued Orchard Park personally to get them to go back to school. 
or to Park School District. I won in court. And that's why the kids went back to school because I sued. You know who just appealed that? Even though the school year's over, there's new mandates, new regulations, like all that stuff is expired and gone. Guess who's appealing that? The state. The state is appealing that decision. Of course, they're not saying that publicly. They're not telling the public about that. I know because I'm paying my lawyer to write the argument to, to submit the papers to fight their appeal. They actually filed papers to appeal that decision because the state wants to be able to close schools. That's how pathetic and disgusting they are. So I need these school districts to stand up and challenge the state and say, hey, whoa, 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 why are you appealing this decision? We want to be in school. There's no reason to close school. Why are you wasting time and money appealing this decision? We don't want to close. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, I guess the last thing to um, mention, and I want uh, everybody out there, if you're a small business owner and you're feeling like you're alone in this fight, you're not alone. There's lots of people that you can team up with. Robbie, you've got an organization going to help your efforts. How do people find out about it and join you? Thank you for asking. Yeah, we do have a great organization. There are two two places I'd recommend they go. Fightforyourfamily.com slash home. That's fight, F-I-G-H-T, then the number four, and then yourfamily.com slash home. Make sure to put slash home on there because the Fight for Your Family Initiative is a um, group-based site where it's an umbrella under which many different groups operate or or share ideology. And we can put you in contact with people in your area that are fighting the fight. So it's a great place to get ground truth information. And if you're interested in, in helping school boards and change the school boards in your area, the Fight for Your Family Initiative is a, is a great place to start because that's our big mission is to get the right people elected school boards. And the other place to go to is, is the Constitutional Coalition of, of Western New York, a phenomenal group run by Nancy Orticelli, awesome person. Again, if you go to the Constitutional Coalition of Western New York, you'll be able to get some great information and get put in contact with the right people. Yeah. And anybody who's outside Western New York, definitely check that out anyway and get some ideas flowing. We need a lot more of these everywhere around the country. We need everybody in this part of the world getting on Robbie's website. And let's let's not fight these fights in little individual silos. We team up. We're already winning and they won't be able to stop us. The tide is turning, my brother. You had your arraignment last night. You pled not guilty, I assume. And what's the next step? In March, we will crush their soul. It is indefensible what they did. Remember, innocent until proven guilty. I have a letter from their lawyers saying, Robbie De Niro can come on school grounds as long as he is following the mandates. So I came on school grounds following the mandate and then they arrested me. That's how stupid they are. That's how vindictive they are. That's how scared they are of me tearing apart their ideology. I am a threat to their ideology. So they're trying to keep me off the school grounds. So they arrested me and they're going to, they're going to pay, they're going to pay dearly because it gets even better. There, it is so much more convoluted and the mistakes that they made and the people that they have not wearing masks, the pictures that I have of these people not wearing masks that are telling me to wear masks. It's unbelievable. They are going to be crushed. Well, we're going to keep following your story. And of course you're welcome on Tom Mullen talks freedom. Anytime. I hope you'll come back. Robbie, thanks for everything you're doing. And thanks for being here today. Thank you for standing up for freedom and being such an important voice for freedom. I appreciate what you're doing, man. Thank you so much. Okay, friends, that's going to do it for today. If you haven't already, don't forget to download a free copy of my new ebook, It's the Fed Stupid, at itsthefedstupid.com. 
and I'll see you next time. The war of ideas has only just begun. Arm yourself with the knowledge you need by heading to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com and subscribing to our email list. And remember, every revolution starts in the minds of the people.